Deacon Bernie Nohadera with the Maria Goretti Group, Miguel Prats, and Father Gavin. So let's talk culture. Well, the, the cultural change that we've seen in the last 15 years has been so big because in 2001, the only place you heard anything about abuse was at a few big dioceses in the United States, in the Catholic Church. If you go back to like 1998, nothing in the news really about this. And even when it was going on in Boston, most Catholics wouldn't say anything about abuse. It was only with the advent of the internet that started connecting people together to find out they weren't the only one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That there's others. And this is what really happened in Boston was it wasn't just Boston. It was Boston and Chicago and Los Angeles and small places and even in Tyler, Texas, they call and ask, what cases do you have? Once that broke so big in 2002. And that creates a culture where people are willing to say that they've been abused. But, you know, I know victims that 30 years ago said the priest touched them inappropriately and got slapped by their mother for saying something bad about the priest. And that culture probably doesn't exist much in the Anglos anymore. A little bit in the Hispanics, I think, still. Not as much as it did 20 years ago because the reality of the problem being not just the church, but in the families mm -hmm. and in, you know, we, the gym, not just the gymnast in the sports programs, but 90% of abuse occurs in families right. by trusted people. We right. used to think to keep kids safe, you had to teach them stranger danger. Now we realize you have to teach them how to observe appropriate boundaries mm -hmm. in their relationships with adults and how adults should act towards them. So I think all the work that we're doing Maria Goretti, the work with the conference, the work at these the dioceses and the bishops. It's really, it's, you know, not only outreach to victims and, and survivors as such, but we're also at the same time, because of education and training and background checks, we're trying to change a culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so so I, I heard this just recently and was kind of taken aback, but in a way, after, after having thought about it, the gentleman is right. And he made a comment about being tired of hearing about awareness, awareness, awareness. He goes, we are aware. We already know this. He goes, what we need now is a change in culture. What we need now is a change in behavior. What we need now is to be able to have people stand up when something wrong is happening and say something or do something or, or intervene, that sort of thing. And, and not, you know, so we're looking at behavioral type changes. We're looking at organizational behavior changes. We're, looking at changes in the culture. Right. I'd like to say that, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of Catholics are tired of hearing about it because it's been going on, you know, for, what, 16, 17 years. Sure. And they think the problem has been dealt with and that it's over. And I'm here to say the problem is not over. When people say or think we've done enough, they really should be saying, what more can we do? When, when people say we've apologized enough, I'm tired of hearing it, they need to apologize more. And I specifically ask 
bishops, priests, Catholic laity, if you've ever met a victim, even if you had nothing to do with it, tell them you're sorry it happened to them. Because every victim I've ever met wanted two things. They wanted to know the person that hurt them was no longer still hurting other people, and they wanted an apology. And I can tell you tens of thousands of people have never, ever gotten an apology. So tied into what you just said, Bernie, that with this man, yeah, he's right. And you know, the thing too is this, you know, if, if we're to look at, look at who we are as a, as a people, look at who we are because of our faith, you know, if, if, if one hurts, we all hurt, right? 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 And, and so as a church, we could see how the church has, has reacted to this and in a way become victim as well and had to go through healing, you know, and, and, and a period of, of, uh, of mourning and a period of rebuilding and a period of re-strengthening and then recommitting and uh, reconfirming, you know, the, the, the realities that uh, as, as, as being God's people and, and, you know, trying to be the face of Christ to each other. You know, so I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and I've often said that what what ministries are evolving because of this will be ministries that will go through the end of time. Right. 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 This is not. This is not like you said, Miguel. Well, we've we've dealt with it and it's over. We've got policies and procedures and it's over. No, no. The the sacredness of the image of God in each person happen to be respected no matter their age. It's not okay because they were 21 or 30 or and weren't just a minor. It's not okay because it was physical or emotional instead of sexual. It's not okay that people aren't treated with respect. And when you teach people how healthy adults interact with other people, then it makes the grooming behavior so much harder for perpetrators because people recognize, no, you don't touch in that way. No, you don't give gifts. No, you don't keep secrets. And what, in our training, we're always telling people, we're not out to judge intentions, but behaviors. That that behavior is acceptable or not. And what decides that is, is it something that a groomer wants to be able to do to break down the appropriate barriers? And how do you befriend people and love people and trust people in ways that doesn't make them more vulnerable for exploitation? Whether they're minors or adults, whether they're employees or employers, everybody gets played. And when they get personally violated, it's so much worse than if they just get taken advantage of economically. I think then that's why it's... it's uh in a way, I'm I'm grateful that Maria Gretti is open to to everyone then, oh, because yeah. Father Gavin, what you've just experienced was the experience of of our society. That's right, and um, in my parish, we started a chapter. Anybody that was abused, and, and in the chapter in East Texas, anybody who cares about somebody who's been abused. So we have some people that come because they were so saddened by this whole reality that they wanted to do something to make things better. And others where husbands and wives come 
where one of the spouses has been abused and the other spouse has trouble dealing with it at times because it affects the broader circle and um, thankfully in East Texas very few cases of clerical abuse of minors but the opportunity we've had in East Texas by training the people that work in the church to observe appropriate boundaries we've had at least five children taken out of dangerous situations by Child Protective Services one even out of state because the people that went through the training knew their obligation under state law to report suspicions of abuse and and that's good and and a lot of families that I've touched their lives with because they've had abuse in the family and they believed it when the uncle touched them inappropriately and so it stopped at that point which is bad enough but didn't go to the point of intercourse because they recognized the warning signs the child spoke out and it stopped so again we're looking at cultural change a cultural change behavioral yeah. change yeah. and I stopped to think about you know uh, when I get into a car I automatically put my seatbelt on that was a culture change right uh, the reality now of secondhand smoke <laughs> and where, where can you smoke now whatever that I mean that's a, a a cultural change right the fact that I have to get to the airport at least two and a half hours to be able to get on a plane when as a kid, I used to remember, we used to just drive up to the airport right. and just walk straight to the gate, whatever. Those are all cultural changes. But changes that came about because they were needed. It, they had to happen. It had to take place. Right. Or else, you know, we're looking at uh, uh, an even sadder story. So I, I thank you again for, for your continued work and with what you do. Again, this is uh, I'm talking with um, Miguel and Father Gavin with the Maria Goretti Network. And in interestingly, I just it just dawned on me, we're talking here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Where in 2002, in June of 2002, the charter uh, came to be. And as a result of this charter where the bishops had made this promise to protect and pledge to heal, here we are 17 years later. And um, we're taking that talk and and taking that walk and we're putting our words to action and so all right a lot's been done but there's a lot more to do amen to that yeah so god bless you both thank you thank you for the work that you do um this is just the beginning folks we'll be back to continue the conversation at a later time uh what we what we're doing here is building a relationship we're right. working this arm in arm and uh shoulder to shoulder because this is very very important work that needs to be done. Um, and so if I may, through the, through the loving guidance of our mother, uh, who is so close to her son, uh, we offer the intentions and prayers and, and, and the needs of all the survivor victims and those who may be finding themselves in harm's way, and for those who are, their, who are hurting them, for their, for their offenders, their, their perpetrators, we pray for them as well. Um, Hail Mary, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all for listening. God bless.